Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. Corinthians chapter number 11 is where we're going to be this evening. I've been debating, I kind of going back and forth here, is looking over my notes this evening, and and I've got a lot of material to cover, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I may have said 11, but I meant 12. And so I'm trying to decide whether to give you all the information or not. Now, I'm going to give you all the information. I'm just not necessarily going to do it all tonight. Now, that does mess up some plans. See, Let's just take a vote, okay? How about that? It's 6.12 right now. Uh, I can get you out by 7.15, okay, if I give you everything tonight. But understand something, uh, I had planned to finish the book of 1 Corinthians the last Sunday of the year. That would finish the book. If I break this into two weeks, that's going to push us into the first week of January, and that is just... um, not in my plans. You see what I'm saying? Um, and so, uh, who says, give us half tonight? I mean, it's probably be less than half. Uh, give us less than half tonight and go into January and just throw it all out the window. Who says that? Who says, give us all of it tonight and when we're done, we're done? Okay, that's half and half. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. I'll surprise you, okay? What's that? Well, I feel like the Spirit is saying, let the people go. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like that's what the Spirit is saying, um, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Like I said, it's a lot of material, so I, don't, I guess what I'm saying is I don't want to rush through it because I want you to get it, okay? Because what we're going to deal with here in the next few weeks with chapters 12, 13, and 14 have to do with spiritual gifts, Okay, And I think it is vital that everyone has an understanding of not just what the spiritual gifts are, but even more importantly, what they aren't, that's important, but also what yours is. You see, God has given each and every believer a spiritual gift to use for his honor and his glory. And, and so that's what makes this section here uh, of utmost importance. And then also, uh, there are gifts that God gave for a certain time period, and then those gifts kind of went away. And, and so that needs some explanation uh, as to why that was and why it is and why we don't have uh, certain of these gifts uh, during uh, our time today. And so that's one of the reasons why. So I want to make sure uh, that you get all the material. And if we get into January, then guess what? We get into January. We could go two weeks into January. Doesn't matter. We're still coming back, right? Hopefully. Lord willing. Uh, So let's jump into here. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And this is a new section, as Paul, again, was writing to the church at Corinth. They had some issues, they had some problems, they had some difficulties, and the house of Chloe had written Paul a letter, and they had uh, really had some information that Paul needed to know that he straightened out in the earlier part of the book and in the letter. But then there were some questions that they had as a church, 
And, you know, from time to time, we, we have questions about the Scripture. We have questions about what we do and why we do it. And this church was no different. And so they had asked Paul these questions. And this question uh, from chapter 12, 13, and 14 has to do with what about the spiritual gifts? What about the spiritual gifts? And so we're going to jump in here in verse number 1, and we'll read uh, down through about verse uh, 13 to 14 here. So let's read uh, together. The Bible says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another word of knowledge, by the same Spirit. To another, faith, by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healings, by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and safe self same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. So what about the spiritual gifts? Let's pray together and we'll jump right into this tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. And God, we thank you for uh, the testimonies in which we heard tonight and uh, how you have uh, moved and worked in the lives of your people. And God, I pray this evening as we begin this next section within this book of 1 Corinthians that you have saw fit to preserve for us, to keep for us, that we might learn and grow thereby. Father, I pray as we come to this section that uh, we would have a better understanding of the gifts that you have given, the gifts that you have ceased, and the gifts that we are to use for your honor and your glory. And God, I pray tonight that there would be a certain level of understanding and a certain level of, uh, of appreciation for what you have done and what you are doing in our lives. And God, we'll be certain to give you the honor 
and the glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So, uh, again, you can see kind of the transition here in verse number one, as Paul says, now concerning spiritual gifts. Uh, so that's a transitional phrase there. Now, uh, you've asked about this. Now let me tell you about the spiritual gifts, he says. But notice in verse number one, he says, I, I would not have you ignorant. I would not have you ignorant. Now, uh, you'll see from time to time in Scripture, the Apostle Paul, of course, using this particular phrase of ignorant. Now, if someone were to come in tonight and, uh, and say to somebody, well, that's just ignorant we would probably take offense, wouldn't we? Uh, we use ignorant as something uh, that is what we would use in the same word as uh, dumb or stupid. And, and the, the fact of the matter is this, ignorant is not that. And, and it's a word that is not necessarily a negative word because it simply means that someone doesn't know something. And so he's saying here, I, I want to talk to you about the spiritual gifts because I want you to know. And I don't want you to not know. And I want you to know about these spiritual gifts. He says, so we're going to talk about these. But he says in verse number two, that I think again is of utmost importance here. He says, ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. So as he's going into this, he says, look, I'm going to teach you and I want you to know about these spiritual gifts, but I don't want you to know in the same way that you would have been led unto idols, that you were just carried away and now you were taught uh, to simply just follow. He says, I want you to know and also understand. Verse number three, he says, Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed. Now, he's giving some, some teaching here. He says, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now, the foundation that Paul is laying here concerning the spiritual gifts is that in order to have a spiritual gift, one must be spiritual. You say, okay, that throws me out. No, no, not necessarily. Not necessarily, because we gauge, when we say someone is spiritual, what do we mean by that? We mean somebody that is uh, high up, has great understanding, rarely does anything wrong, and so therefore that makes them spiritual. And we use that term. That is not the type of spiritual that Paul is talking about here. Remember what Jesus said to Nicodemus? That which is born of the flesh is what? Flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit, or you could even say spiritual. Spiritual just simply means of the Spirit. And so what Paul is getting at here, when he says, no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. That means you must have the Holy Ghost taking up residence inside of you. It is the Holy Ghost that allows us when we have that spirit or he that is spiritual is the only one that can say Jesus is Lord. The world can't say Jesus is Lord. An unsaved man or a fleshly man can't say that Jesus is Lord. Only those that are spiritual, only those that have the Holy Ghost. Now, he's going to break this down here in verse 
uh, 4, 5, 6, and 7, and I want you to see a few different things here, okay? So the first thing I want you to see in verse number 4, he says, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. In verse 5, he says, there are differences of administration, but the same Lord. Verse 6, there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all and in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Okay. Now, if you're in the habit of marking in your Bibles, you might want to mark these three phrases in verse 5, 6, and 7, and it's this, where he says, but, or sorry, 4, 5, and 6, but the same Spirit, that's number one. Then number two, verse 5, but the same Lord. And then in verse number 6, but it is the same God which worketh all and in all. So what he's saying here, he says, Uh, Break this down. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you to know. He said, I don't want you to know in the same way that you were just carried about by uh, idols when you were Gentiles. I want you to know. He says, I want you to have understanding. In verse number three, he says that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed. He says, you can't call Jesus accursed by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God would never lead you to that. And that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. you got to be spiritual. Now, he says that again, another transition. Another transitional phrase. He says, now, these are diversities of gifts. Here's what he says in this. The gifts are different. I know it may sound simple, but he says they're different gifts. But... The gifts all come from the same Spirit. Different gifts, same Spirit. Okay? Everybody got this so far? All right. Different gifts, same Spirit. But then he says, and there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. Now, that word administrations is a little bit of a different word. It's not um, we use administration by... Uh, using uh, overseer or one who administrates. And this particular word is similar in how we use uh, that particular word. But when he says here there are differences of administrations, what he's saying is there are different distributions. The gifts are distributed differently among the believers, among those who are spiritual, among those who have the Spirit. These gifts are all divided or distributed differently, but they all have the same Spirit. Okay? Everybody with me so far? All right, because we're, we're going to get a little deep here, and that's why I said I want to take my time and make sure everybody's getting what we're putting down here. Because in verse number 5, where he says the differences of administrations, he says they're distributed differently, but they all have the same Lord. Or the diversities of gifts in verse 4. Uh, they're different, but the same Spirit. Then we have the differences of administrations, different distributions, but the same Spirit. Then he says, and there are diversities of operations. Or the diversities of operations. That means there is a different action or effect. There is a different action or a different effect. 
effect that the gifts have when they are properly used. Okay? So that's what he means here when he says the diversities of operations. He says they act differently. The gifts are not all the same, and they act differently, and they have a different effect based upon which gift it is. That's what the word operations means here. But, notice again, it is the same God which worketh all in all. Same God which worketh all in all. So now let's break this down just a little bit. God has a spiritual gift for you. God has a spiritual gift for everyone. We need to understand what those spiritual gifts are. We need to have an understanding of how they work. We don't need to be ignorant of it. We don't need to say, oh, well, everybody has a spiritual gift. Okay, there you go. No, there's, there's a little bit more detail here. He says you got to be spiritual. you got to be born of the Spirit, have the Holy Ghost, in order to even have the, the gifts. Now, and you can see where uh, some of these things were... Uh, being abused. You can see where some of these uh, gifts were being misunderstood because it is and can be a, a little complicated. And so what the first thing he's laying out here is that all the gifts are different, but God is over them all. All the, all the gifts are different, but God is over them all. I, I like to use uh, the illustration of children and uh, of course, we have uh, we have four children among Rachel and I, and uh, you know all of my children have similarities. They all have similarities, and yet they're all different. And if you have more than one child, you probably could testify the same thing. There are different different uh, operations or different uh, different administrations for each child that makes them different, but yet they're all our children. Now again, they have similarities. They, ha they have certain characteristics. I like to call Chloe little Rachel. She's a lot like her mother. Justice is probably the most like I am. And then Abby and Asher are kind of a mix between the two of us. And it's interesting how those things play out, but it's also interesting because, or it's not interesting because we're their parents, and so it would make sense that they would have some of our characteristics. But then at the same time, while they have some of our characteristics, they also have their own characteristics. But yet, they all are related. They all have the same parents. And so in some of those, you would it would make sense. And it's the same thing that God is saying here uh, through the Apostle Paul. He's saying, look, God is over all and in all. Okay? And, and so now, that is all introduction. Okay? That's all introduction because I want you to get this. But then where he says, uh, for one to one, verse 8, sorry. He says, for to one is given... By the Spirit, the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge. And he says again, by the same Spirit. You ever tell somebody the same thing but a different thing? Yeah, it says, all right. Or, or maybe did you tell somebody the same thing and they heard different things? Has that ever happened? You have children, it's happened. You say the same thing, 
but they pick up on different aspects of what you said. Maybe a different instance or a different way uh, they, they placed an emphasis on. But here he's saying these are two totally different things. He says, to one, you gave a word of wisdom. You gave some instruction. To the other, you gave knowledge, or he gave knowledge. They're totally different, but they're given by the same Spirit. The same Spirit. And I think it's important for us to understand the unity. Remember, this book of 1 Corinthians is, is an attempt to bring some unity to this church at Corinth. And having them understand that it is the same Spirit that distributes all of these and administrates all of these and operates in all of these, it is the same Spirit, the same God, the same Lord. But yet things are different. Things are different. Now somebody came up with this phrase many years ago that things that are different are not the same. Well, that is absolutely a true statement. Things that are different are not the same. These gifts that God has given are not the same gifts, but they came from the same source. That's what Paul wants us to understand in this introduction. Now, in verse 9, he says, To another, notice what he says, faith by the same Spirit. So you've got a word of wisdom, you've got a word of knowledge, but then he says, To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and self-same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Now, let's look at our first point tonight. First point, the defining of the gifts. Defining the gifts. That's what Paul's trying to do here uh, as he goes through this. And in each one, you can see that there is a certain distinction of the gifts. There is a certain distinction within the gifts that Paul is giving here. Word of wisdom. If you mark in your Bibles, you might want to mark these. Uh, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith. Gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of the spirits, diverse kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. But they're all the same. So what is the uh, definition of a gift? All right, now, again, you have to have a good understanding of what is taking place here. Now, what we would say uh, tonight, and I don't have anything in my pockets here, and so uh, we would... Uh, we would define and uh, we would wrap this up and put a bow on it. And I would say, Trevor, I want to give you a gift. And so I present this gift to Trevor and hand it to him. And he says, oh, wow, I already have one, right? I already have one or two or three or four. Uh, that is not the same type of gift that God is giving to us. Okay, so, so when we think about this gift, forget the wrapping paper, forget the bows, uh, forget what is in your mind, and the gift that God is talking about here within these gifts, it has more to do with a power or faculty. God is empowering you and empowering me to have the faculty or uh, some quality of endowment 
conferred by the author. Who is the author and finisher of our faith? Jesus. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. And in our faith, in our spiritualness, in the fact that we have been born again, born by the Spirit into the Spirit, which makes us spiritual, He has given us the power and the faculty, that means the ability to be able to use the gift that has been conferred by the author. That is what Paul is driving home here. Same spirit. Same spirit. Same spirit. Why does someone repeat something over and over and over again? By repetition. That's how we learn. That's how we learn. And we say that until we learn it. Again, I use this illustration all the time, but there's not one person in this room tonight that does not know what four plus four is. Or two plus two. Somebody tell me, what's two plus two? Don't all say it at once, though. Four. All right, what's four plus four? Eight. What's eight plus eight? Sixteen. What's sixteen plus sixteen? Thirty-two. What's thirty-two plus thirty-two? What's sixty-four plus sixty-four? How many of you are saying, please stop? I think you got it right. 128, is that right? Okay, 128. 128 plus 128. 256. Okay, we'll stop there. Now, how do we know those things? You're just spouting them off. I didn't see anybody with a calculator out. How do you know that? Because you were taught. And you were programmed. You were, you, you were taught by rote memory. You were taught over and over and over again. Some of you remember uh, sitting in a classroom and your teacher would have the flashcards. And they would go over. One, two, three, four, five, six. And then the next day, one, two, three, four. And then you go over the next day and the next day. And then there was a test on it. And you learned it to where now you know it. And Paul says, I want you to know that you have a gift, and the gifts are all different, and they work differently, and they have different actions, and they have different effects when they're used, but they all come from the same source. They all come from the same author, and it gives you a power and a faculty. Now, while we see the distinction and the defining of the gifts, let's look, number two, at the extent of the gifts. The extent of the gifts. Now, in uh, verse number 14, he says, For the body is not one member, but many. Okay, now hold on. He's about to give a lesson here. And it's an illustrational type lesson. He says, The body is not one, but many. Now, somebody tell me, how many bodies do you have? One. <laughs> One. I mean, it's not like you say, hey, let, me, let me go home and change my body out and I'll come back. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Be like, okay, let, let me, I, I've got a 30-year-old body at home, let me go get that. Or I've got a 15-year-old body, I'd rather use that to uh, do some work. I know the trustees came yesterday, they're doing some work. I, I know if John Martin had an 18-year-old body at home, he would have brought that yesterday. Am I right, Brother John? 
Absolutely. But he didn't. And so you brought your, however old your body is, you brought that one. Now, that's not what Paul's talking about. He's not talking about, oh, we have many different bodies. No, no, no. He's going to break this down here, and notice what he says. He says, for the body is not one member, but many, but look what he says. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? We're going to answer these questions now, okay? So everybody, everybody has two feet, right? For hopefully, for the most part. I know that some things... It does happen from time to time, but I think everybody in here has both feet, both hands. But if your feet say, well, we're not the hands, and so we're not part of the body, is it part of the body? Yes or no? Yes. Absolutely, positively, the feet are still part of the body, whether they want to be or not. He says in verse 16, if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye... I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Is it still part of the body? Yes. If the whole body were an eye. Okay, hold on. How many of you are picturing it? Your whole body an eye. That'd be pretty funny looking, wouldn't it? Big old eye up here. Couldn't, I wouldn't even been able to walk up here because I'm just an eye. But he says if the whole body were an eye... Where were the hearing? If the whole thing were hearing, now you got a whole body that's an ear. Where were the hearing? Where were the smelling? If all you had was a nose, you see what he's getting at here? What he's saying is every gift is important. The nose cannot do what the hands do. The hands cannot do what the nose does. The eyes cannot do what the feet do. How many, how many are picking up on this? They're all different. The extent of the gifts is the fact that each believer within the body has a gift. And we're all different. We're all different. Understand this. We went through several different gifts here uh, in the Scripture tonight. And, and if you'll drop down, we're going to skip a few verses here, but I want you to see this because it has to do with the extent of the gifts. In, in verse number 27, he says, Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, Secondarily, prophets. Thirdly, teachers. After that, miracles. Then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? Of course not. Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? The answer to those questions within this, every one of them, and the answer is no. They're not all the same. Not everyone, the extent of this, while each believer has a gift, no believer has all the gifts. Isn't that something? 
it's almost, it's almost as if God knew exactly what He was doing when He created us. It's almost as if God knew what He was doing when He saved us. Because could you imagine? Could you imagine if you, if you came to Sunday school this morning and, and you went into a, a Sunday school class that was all teachers? Nobody would probably learn. Somebody has to have the gift of teaching. And then, because we need taught. If we were all apostles, we wouldn't get anything done. And so Paul is saying here, the extent of the gifts, every believer has a gift, but no believer has all of them. Because we're all different. So what's the purpose of the gifts? Number three. So we see the defining of the gifts, the extent of the gifts, and then the purpose of the gifts. The purpose of the gifts. Well, the purpose of the gifts here are to glorify God. That is number one. The gifts that God has given for us to administrate or that He has distributed and to operate and to manifest is for His honor and His glory. It is not to bring us glory. It's not to bring us honor. Look what he says in verse number 18. He says, But now God hath set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased Him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which think to be less honorable upon these, we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need. But God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. That there should be no schism in the body. That the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. Members in particular. And again, God hath set in some, and he gives that list one more time. We are to glorify God. That's the purpose of the gifts. That's the reason, that's the purpose. But there's a second purpose in this. The second purpose is to edify one another. That we might be built up to a better body. Remember, the, the purpose of this book of 1 Corinthians is to bring a unity within this local church. We've gone through 11 chapters already, and now Paul, as he's getting ready to close out this book, because there's just six more chapters here, five more chapters, and we're going to have six messages, um, but uh, five more chapters, and Paul is saying, look, if we're going to have unity, we have to understand the gifts. 
We have to understand these because we have to edify one another. And he says, you are part of a body. There's none of us that are left on our own. To that I say, hallelujah. To that I say, thank you, Lord, that none of us are left to ourselves to do everything. No, that's the whole purpose of this. That's the reason he gives the description of the human body. Look, I I cannot uh, produce insulin without my pancreas. I don't claim to know what every part of my body does or even why it does it. Anybody know what the spleen does? Ah, it stumped you. Somebody Google it. What does the spleen do? I have no idea. What about, I know the gallbladder acts as a filter of some kind, but you know what they've discovered is we can take that out. Tonsils, they serve a purpose, don't they? But yet we can remove those and function. There are other parts that we can kind of move in and move around and say, okay, uh, there you go, and we've discovered that uh, you know we can live with one kidney versus two. Sure. And there are some other things that we can live without. Some people live without hearing, don't they? Some people live without seeing. Yeah. Now, we would all say we don't want to. We wouldn't want to do that. Some people uh, lose limbs and they go on to function. But it's not ideal. And as a church, our desire should not be to be blind and deaf and not walk. No, we want to be a good body. We want to be a body that is together, that has unity, that works together to edify. Again, I'm grateful for my feet tonight. They brought all of me with me. Couldn't have gotten here without them. And I didn't even say thank you. Thank you, feet. My hands turn the pages of God's Word. My mouth gives me the ability to speak. My eyes, with the assistance of glasses, gives me the ability to see all of you. I can still see you if I take them off, but um, not very clearly. And so, so we have these assistants. We edify one another because we're all part of the body. But here's the deal. We don't all function the same, do we? We don't have the same function. And yet, God is giving us this in the explanation within this, but what he's saying here is every member is important. Every member has a role. Every member has a job. And if I tell you, if we broke down our bodies, I can't remember, it's been a long time, but I can't remember how many bones we have. Annalise, how many bones do we have? You don't remember that either? Is it like 208? Does that sound right? I, I have no idea. I'm just making stuff up right now. I don't want to make it up. 208, somewhere around there, maybe. I don't know, 156, 12. Uh, <laughs> what is it? 206. I was very close. Uh, 206 bones. You can find out and correct her after if she's wrong. Uh, but 206 bones, it's absolutely true, she says. It's Google. Okay, she Googled it. Okay. 206 bones. 
who knows how many cells we have. It all works together though, doesn't it? And here in God's Word, He is saying, I've given gifts, and I've set within the body of Christ gifts. Gifts for you to use to honor and glorify God and to edify, which means to build up and better one another. That's our role. That is why God has given the gifts. Now, I understand, these first three points are really uh, of more of an introduction, so you'll have an understanding of the fact that we have gifts. We have them. Now, I have, for just chapter 12, I have three more points. Because in this particular church, they were abusing the gifts. And there are a certain number of gifts, and I'm going to take you to several different passages of scriptures uh, of where they were used, and then, uh, then the most important aspect of the gifts is having an understanding uh, of which ones are used today. Which ones are used today. That's where we're going to pick up next week, okay? Because again, uh, I want to give this time, I want to give it justice, and Uh, Make sure that everybody has a good understanding of where we're going with these gifts and how we use them and where it's important. And then we'll be in chapter 13 and we'll see uh, the gift of charity. Oh, what a gift. And then we'll see how they're used uh, again, how they are uh, the duty within the gifts in chapter 14. And so that's where we're going to stop this evening. We won't have a musical invitation.